everybody. Welcome back. I'm Jordan. And I'm Rachel. And uh, every week we watch a movie from my childhood that was definitive for me or life-changing in some way. Space Jam was apparently life life changing. <laughs> it's, a, uh, it's a formative film, y'all. Yeah, that's the word. Do you know that? No, let's dead. not start that again. Um, <laughs> but we uh, review the movie in terms of uh, a more modern take, I guess, in terms of like gender and race and um, masculinity and feminism and equality and all of that. Identity politics. Identity politics, yeah. <laughs> Identity politics. Um, Whatever comes to our little minds. Although we did speculate on, we do. Spe- I do speculate on the actors' sexual acts in their private lives <laughs> at times too. Yeah, poor Tom Hanks. We're sorry. I'm not sorry. Well, one of us is sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, and we also uh, Rachel makes a a sweet sugar free treat for us. And, uh, not this week. It's not sugar-free. Not, it's not this week? Well, it's got... Here's the thing. Well, we'll get Natural sweeteners are still sugar. I mean, I suppose. What do you mean suppose? It's, not, it's, it's su- not quite the same. A sucrose and a glucose? Never mind. If it comes from an animal or a plant, then it's good for you. Oh, okay. I, by that logic, I guess cobra venom is good for you. Cobra Venom is an excellent aphrodisiac. Have you not uh, ever, like, you can sell this stuff $10,000 for one fluid ounce. Cobra Venom. Are you insane? No. Yes. I'm a businessman. <laughs> um, wait. Wait, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, altogether, it's a recipe for disaster. What uh, sugar-free, not sugar-free thing did you make for us today? I made um, honey, little honey almond cakes. Hmm, honey almond cakes. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. What was the inspiration for that? Um, I've been reading a lot of fantasy, as per usual. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure there was a mention of honey cakes, and maybe I'm reading The Reluctant Queen right now. Mm. Um, y'all should read it. It's not... Hey, like, to the author, girl, I love it. Just keep, I mean, keep producing it. But it's not, like, literary or anything. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. It is it is what it is. It is what it is. And so, anyway, I'm not going to go into the plot of that book, though I'm <laughs> deeply tempted to. There's entertainment fantasy, and then there's high fantasy. Yeah. And this is entertainment fantasy. Both are good for different reasons. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, I'm not going to go over the plot of the book, even though I desperately want to. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I read in there, they were like, and they sold buckwheat crepes and honey cakes and uh, snozberry wine or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, honey cake sounds good. Like, okay, well, at least one of those is a real thing. Yeah, I can do that. Give me a honey cake. <laughs> yeah. Snozberry wine. Is that a thing? Oh, well, oh, okay. Sounds like Willy Wonka or something. Yeah, Snozberry is a Willy yeah. Wonka. It's not real. <laughs> oh, man. So, so uh, you made these already because uh-huh. uh, we got in kind of late last night and wanted to have them ready for today because it's just been a long, long weekend. Yeah. But 
go ahead and tell us about like what kind of went into making these. They sound amazing, but were they difficult? Was it? No, they weren't difficult. Um, I mean, the main thing with them is that they're like little drop biscuits. Okay. Um, so they're they're little. They've got a real cakey texture, a real cakey consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, the main thing is. Um, Make sure you use an egg in them to give them like that cakier texture. But if you wanted like a more cookieish texture, I think you could probably leave the egg out. Okay. Um, but you know, you just soften butter, cream it with um, honey. I use a little maple syrup too because I mm. like the richness of it. Um, so yeah, honey and maple syrup; those things aren't real sugars. Yeah. Yes, they are. No, they're, they're not real sugars because it's a. Uh... They're still sugar. They just have minerals. That's yeah. The main difference. That's that's it. That's what the body craves: minerals. Oh, don't water <laughs> your crops with minerals. <laughs> That's how you kill things. It's what plants crave. Um, so, anyway. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, I made them and they're, they're most of the time, they're like, they're, they kind of like have that Middle Eastern yeah. flavors that I like. Mm-hmm. I think maybe even I would add a little rose water next time, just to like, or, or orange blossom, just to like bring up the floralness. Of the Give honey. it a little bit of that uh, like aromatic mm-hmm. um, edge to it. Yeah, I would do that next time, I think. So I think this is probably all a result of us watching a lot of the Great British Baking Show recently. Is that true or? Y- yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah, great show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we uh, just give that a little shout out real quick. This is not sponsored. Even though uh, they've got new hosts and uh, one one new judge, it's an amazing season. It is. Watch an amazing it on Netflix. Season. It's so good. Get inspired. To make little honey cakes. Yeah, I love that you watch that stuff because then all of a sudden you got you're like bursting with baking ideas. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, it's true. Yeah, and I get to uh, reap the benefits, which is yeah. amazing. So yeah, let's uh, take a break and uh, any last minute tips about um, how not to fuck this up. For anybody out there who's going to try it. Let your butter soften naturally. And whenever, cream it first before you add your liquid sweeteners. Okay. Gotcha. And don't overmix it. <laughs> Good advice. Yeah, thank you. We'll be right back. pretty good Rachel uh-huh. I'm, I'm starting this way you're just eating grapes uh ambush ambush podcast go I'm eating those cotton candy grapes and they're so good and yeah for those that are out there because cotton candy grapes sounds ridiculous and it is as ridiculous as it sounds what are cotton candy grapes they're a varietal that someone bred of grapes to be uh, probably to increase the sugar content and the size yeah. and like the juiciness of it. So they could squeeze them into juice boxes and stuff and sell them to little kids. No, those no. Like stay att- pay, stay awake in school, you idiot. No. Pay attention. No, eating grapes are a completely different grape than the types you use for wine and for juice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. No, <laughs> you're wrong. 
Um, but they're really delicious. They are. They taste like cotton candy. They. I mean, I'm sure that somebody bred them selectively for the vines selectively for years and years. But they're so delicious. I love them. Yeah. They're really good. <laughs> cotton candy grapes, y'all. Whole Foods. Pretty expensive, but worth it. Yeah. But anyway, honey almond cakes. Honey almond cakes, yes. I love the way these look. They're so, like, delicate. And a nice golden brown. And they've got a little brown bottom, which is nice. Yeah. Um, I like it because it gives a little bit of crisp at the bottom. But they feel so soft on the outside, too. Mm-hmm. They're soft. And, I mean, they're like honey cakes. And what I one of the things I wanted to kind of bring into it is um, it was called a bobata, mm -hmm. which is a... Um, Greek cornbread soaked with honey. Ooh. And so I wanted to kind of like Im mim mimic the the kind of cornmeal yeah. honey texture, which is kind of like sticky and mm. Mm, delicious. Yeah. So like, was it a deliberate choice to make them this small? Because they are kind of like mini cookie size. They are like mini cookie size. Um, so would it, was that, uh, would it change if you made them bigger? Yeah, I mean... Let me answer the first question. No. Both at once. Go. Ambush. Ambush. Oh, good. This is a very aggressive baking segment today. <laughs> um, now I can't remember. Oh, yeah. If, if you make them, was it a deliberate choice to make them this small? Um, it was because larger, uh, particularly like caked uh, with almond flour treats. Take that it takes them longer to get done in the middle. Okay. And so the smaller the size, the the more quickly it cooks through. So if you had wanted to make these a little bit bigger, would you have had to change the cook times and cook temperatures so that you don't like burn it or uh, or like undercook the middle? Yeah, probably. I would just employ a different technique. I would probably make sure I flattened them with a fork or something beforehand, okay. so that they didn't have to waste any energy spreading. Gotcha. All right. Well, um, let's dig in. Okie doke. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's li I like it a lot. It's very light, and like you said, it is cakey. It tastes yeah. like a cake. It doesn't look like a cake, which is strange uh, to me, to my brain. It doesn't look like a cake. It does not compute. No. It doesn't. It looks it looks kind of like a little cookie. It's just a little tea cake, which are different. It's like a madeleine. But it's moist. And it's almost mm -hmm. like I can feel the honey running through it. Mm -hmm. It's like biting into a rock and there's like water inside. It'd um, be amazing. It's not like that at all, guys. I'm trying to think about a biblical reference here. Um, like Moses strikes the stone. And what do you expect? You expect him to shatter his staff. But instead, water comes out. You know what? The expression is blood from a stone, not water from a stone, by the way. Uh, not in the Bible. Yeah, I'm not arguing Look, I'm, that. I'm taking it back. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, so it's not at all like that. It's not like biting into a rock. <laughs> As I say that now, I realize that since we're talking about food, that doesn't sound at all pleasant. No. Like, it's not even something awesome that flows from the rock It's that you're drinking. It's <laughs> just not even, water. It's just water. Yeah. Like, water is awesome and, like, protects your kidneys and your health, but nothing is, like, a fucking beer or whatever. Come I on. Mean, it's almost like the baked good of gushers. No, it's not. In a way. To where it's, like... It doesn't gush anything, guys. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. It's not molten in the middle. No, it isn't, but it's got, it's so, uh, like, when I, when I looked at it, after I took a bite, it looks like, um, like, moisture running down a cave wall. That's, yeah. That's what, that's the image that's popping up in my head. 
Yeah, it's they are moist and there's like they're a little crisp because of the sugar outside. It's yeah. kind of they're really they're sweet little desserts. Yeah, it's amazing. They really are, and maybe and I, I said earlier I'd probably add some orange blossom water to them next time or rose water. Oh yeah, okay. Um, other than that, is there anything that you would change about the way that you made these? No, I like them. I like the size of them too. About how long did it take? Gosh, what? It wasn't time? very long, yeah. 20 minutes, 15 minutes? I mean, that's almost including cook time. Yeah. Or bake time. I just whipped them up. This is my own recipe. I just sort of like thought it through and whipped it up. Yeah. Well, everybody try it at home. It seems to be uh, quick, easy, and delicious. All right. D delight. delight. Delight, says Rachel. I want to yeah. go back to eating my cotton candy grapes. I just keep <laughs> looking at them. Not, uh, yeah, not as much a delight that you will stop eating grapes for them, but a delight nonetheless. Hey, that's rude. I'm just saying what you said. That's all. No. I, I mean, you mean if I had a choice between eating honey cakes and grapes? Honey almond cakes and grapes? Uh, yeah, you would pick the grapes. Well... Right now I would, but at another time I might pick the honey cakes. Well, I mean, what are we talking about here? Well, you're putting on assumptions about what <laughs> I think about my own eating habits. You know what happens when people assume? They make an ass out of you and me. Oh my, you're full of platitudes today. Water <laughs> from a stone, assuming. <laughs> What's another good one? Ambush. Am ambush. <laughs> Tell me about your childhood. My, ambush. My God. I feel like I'm getting attacked by, like, whenever you walk by a cat that's hiding under a coffee table. And it's just like, papa. <laughs> what are you fucking doing? Oh, man. We'll be right back. So, Rachel, I've got a good one for you today. I don't like that impish smile. <laughs> impish? What does that mean? You know what impish means. I mean, I understand devilish, but impish goes a step beyond that. An impish grin. Yeah. Like, you're not... A devilish smile is more like... Like, the devil's more in charge than imps. <laughs> <laughs> so what? I'm not in charge? Is that it? Is that what you're telling me right now? A devilish smile is like, I'm in control, and we're going to fuck later. And an impish like, smile is, Jordan, you're totally out of control. <laughs> no, no. Get control no, of yourself. No, that's, no. An impish grin is more like, I'm not in control of anything. I'm just hanging out and having fun. <laughs> like, gotcha. high pizza store workers. Well, in that case, <laughs> I, I mean, it is an accurate term, because, uh... I'm pretty excited about this. And actually, you're going to be too, I think. Because we're going to watch Welcome to Good Burger, home of the yes! Good Burger. Can I take your order? Yes! <laughs> I love Good Burger. Yeah. Everything about Good Burger is a pleasant memory for me. 
And I'm excited to watch it with you because I know that you love Good Burger. I love Good Burger. I think it's got such a good heart. And I think some of the jokes in it are hysterical. And <laughs> I think Keenan and Kel are tr- resplendent. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch uh, a lot of Keenan and Kel on, on Nickelodeon when you were a kid? Um, or all that? The little sketch show they were in? get cable until I was like 14. Yeah. So 15. So I mostly grew up on um, just broadcast TV. So all I knew was like news and PBS. Yeah. And then suddenly we got cable and I we got Nickelodeon and I was like, wait, there's programming that doesn't have any boring <laughs> commercials or adult stuff in it? Yes. Yeah. Man, I, I do. Uh, I remember... Keenan and Kel and all that as being a pretty interesting thing from our time. Like, yeah, I mean, Keenan Thompson was basically like raised from birth to be a sketch comedian, and that's pretty much all he did for his entire life, and really? is still doing. Um, yeah, I mean, he's on SNL now and everything, and all yeah. that, was, all that was like SNL for teens. That was which is, was kind of interesting. I'm or Mad TV that. for teens, maybe. Yeah, you're trying to get <laughs> a little less dignified than I thought SNL. Man TV was way funnier than SNL. In a lot of ways, I did too. I think that they have better jokes. I think SNL is definitely like an institution um, that has like some gravitas to it. I have never seen an SNL thing that I liked except for the Jack Handy quotes. Those Jack Handy quotes are good. Uh, I mean, I know that you're not a big SNL fan, and I honestly have kind of fallen out of it since... I don't know, since I turned like 22 or something. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, there are sketches that are occasionally good. And I think, especially Keenan, I don't know if you've seen some of his recent stuff, but like, you know, Black Jeopardy is pretty funny where he's like basically Black Alex Trebek. Um, he does a bunch of other uh, characters that are pretty funny. He's one of the few that are on the show still that are like consistently putting out at least, you know, giggle worthy <laughs> uh, laughter from the audience, I think. I wouldn't know. Oh. I don't like or watch SNL. Yeah, well. But you love Keenan and Kel. I do. I love Keenan and Kel. And I love, I just love this movie. And there, it was like super funny and really kind of lighthearted while still being a little bit dark. And I think Sinbad is... Oh, so <laughs> funny in this. Perfect, 100% perfect use of Sinbad. Yes, casting director of, of Good Burger, you rule. Good job. And honestly, off the top of my head, I think that every movie that Sinbad is in, he's pretty much perfectly cast for whatever he's doing. House guest, first kid, all that stuff Jingle is amazing. Jingle all the way. Jingle all the way, yeah. I mean, we'll be I watching I mean, they're that not amazing movies don't get us wrong <laughs> um the slap are, your tongue the movies and filmmaking are not fabulous but they do understand how to cast sinbad yeah uh you know i like sinbad too because i don't know if you know this but uh he was in the army and went awol <laughs> and was uh dishonorably discharged for it um, wow. Yeah. And that was before his comedian career. I mean, he was always like a funny guy or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, you know, going, uh, going UA and then just um, staying that way. Wow. <laughs> did he, did, what happens? Like, could, did he not get charged? Or? He did get charged. I can't remember uh, the details of the story. I just remember this as being like, fun fact about Sinbad. He was dishonorably discharged for going AWOL. Uh, 
I don't know if he did some time, and I don't know the circumstances, but, like, in most cases, if you're doing that, you're going to be detained in the brig for at least a certain amount of time, making big rocks into little rocks. So I'm not <laughs> sure if that happened to him or not. I didn't look it up, but I'll look it up in the middle and uh, while we're watching the movie and just try to remember. Okay. Just, it's not know. necessary, but <laughs> I don't really care that much. Well, I'm curious now. Oh, damn it. I have to. Um, do you remember the first time you saw this movie? Yeah, I was right. It came out in what, two, like, 99? Oh, man. Uh, God, I, d- I didn't look anything up before we started. I think it was like late 90s, maybe 96 or 7. Yeah, I feel like I watched it when it came out on VHS. Yeah. Um, I feel like I, I got it at the video store. Yeah, that's what happened. I, it, at, at the movie house. <laughs> With, uh, what was her name? Ethel? Oh, that's, I don't or really you know just if that her, was her, that was her, her name. Ethel. Yeah, but Ethel seems like an appropriate name for her. Well, what was Ethel's opinion on this movie? She said, she was smoking and she's like, it's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> so that other movie, not that good. She was like, she's the perfect movie critic. Yeah. It's a funny movie. Funny movie. Yeah. I mean, that's about all that I'm prepared to say about this movie on the outset. I remember it being funny. Yeah, but to answer your original, yeah, I think I watched it when I was about 11. Okay. I think 11 or 12, and I just laughed. My best friend, Natalie, was, we were best friends, and we were, like, hanging out, and her, we, uh, we watched this together, like, a thousand times, and just laughed and laughed and laughed so hard that, like, you know, when your sides hurt, and yeah. you're like, I can't laugh anymore, I might throw up. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah I know, I know what you mean, for sure. Yeah, we did that to this movie in a couple wow. places. That's great when you're like crying and it, it kind of yeah. hurts. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a hearty laugh. I love that. It is. I'm not, you know, honestly thinking about it, I'm not anticipating a lot of problems. Like I know that we've seen this movie somewhat recently, like in the past five to seven years. I know we've watched it at least once since we've been together. Yeah. I think the Carmen Electra part might be a little problematic. Oh, yeah, you know, I completely forgot about that. And she tries to, like, seduce Kel or something as, like, yeah. a, the villain's plan to get rid of Good Burger. Yeah. Or he's going to steal the secret recipe or something like that. To their sauce. To their secret, Ed secret sauce. Yeah, yeah. This was, like, the time for Carmen Electra. I wonder where she is now. I'm sure she is not... I'm sure she's fine. Yeah, I mean, those the kind of enhancements that she gave herself in the mid-90s, like, they don't look good for long so well people say that about tattoos too and i'm all covered in them well i suppose but i'm just curious to to know i mean she made a career on looking good oh i see what you're saying and, uh, yeah it's gotta be hard like if you make a career being hot and then you get not hot like what happens yeah I you mean, okay uh, carmen does every do the phone calls just one day just kind of slow down and then the next day you realize they're not calling anymore. Marty, has anyone called today? No, Madam Electra, I am sorry. <laughs> uh, Th- thank you, Marty. I shall be in my bedroom if I'm needed. No, I'm sure she goes to like old biker events and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a different image. <laughs> I'm sure she's oh. fine. She just like goes to. I can't to, decide which one is more sad. <laughs> she goes to like expos in like Lufkin, Texas. Yeah. And where they like have motorcycle expos and like a motorcycle gun show expo, and she shows up, and all these old bikers are like, "Yeah." <laughs> Do you think 
that it's more sad to have a career in looking good that was cut short or to have unnaturally extended the looking good career well beyond as long as it should have lasted which is worse Oh, the second one, for yeah. sure. Like, whenever you... I saw a uh, billboard for Martina McBride on our... <laughs> playing in a casino, and I'm like, oh, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> what, what do you got against Martina McBride? No, I mean, nothing. She was just, like, really popular whenever I was young. Yeah, so you're and like, then, fuck you, popular. No, I'm... I mean, she was okay. I'm not... I feel completely neutral towards Martina McBride. Wow. Jordan, Stop. <laughs> I have that was not what I was saying. I am I'm, really trying to just like push you into that as much as I can. Really stop. <laughs> because I I'm the one who's defending Carmen Electra against your caddy shit, so <laughs> it's it's true. That's right. It's not fun to be a cat by yourself. Cats don't like to be alone, they like to run in packs. Um that's not true either. <laughs> What the fuck is happening today? Yeah. Don't listen to any facts that Jordan tells you today. Yeah, I'm a liar. T- today, you're a particular liar. It's true. <sighs> but you saw Martina McBride. What do you, what do you think no, about that? No, what I'm saying is that, like, Martina McBride looked good when she was young. She sang. Yeah. She had a pretty voice. I'm sure she still has a pretty voice. But at some point... You know, whenever you're playing casinos in Boomtown in Mississippi, maybe we yeah. should retire. Yeah, I feel like certain people who may have been, like, you know, really good, uh, famous performers during their time or whatever, like, if you're not, you know, ultra-rare diamond superstar who's actually, like, voice ages like a fine wine, like Elton John or something like that, like, you are not gonna be able to make a career um, beyond the time that you're popular. No, so musicians, invest your money now. Yeah. I mean, what else is she going to do? That's all she has, maybe. Maybe. We don't know anything about Martina McBride. Maybe she makes tiny dollhouses that are, like, really <laughs> accurate. Yeah, that does seem like something Martina McBride might do. Yeah. This is all about us speculating on <laughs> celebrities' personal lives. Yeah, maybe she makes... Or she does, um, like... Bible quotes on cross stitch. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I was thinking like popsicle stick culture, uh, the popsicle stick sculptures with like the kids down at the Y. Oh yeah, and they're she just <laughs> donates her time. Yeah, that'd be it's a tax write off. Yeah, there you go, Martina. We've got a new plan for you. Yeah, I know you got to pay them bills, girl, <laughs> but surely I am not an economist. But let me tell you something. Getting the write-off from those popsicle stick sculptures with the kids down at the Y will save you one <laughs> million dollars. No, that is not true either. <laughs> Don't listen to a word of this. Oh. It'll get you one million dollars in cash right now. <laughs> um, so let's. I'm going to bring us back to Good Burger because I took us way off off track here, yeah. but. Uh, what did you like about Good Burger as a kid? Um, I was always um, fascinated with 
people who were different than me, who looked different than me, than had, that had a fat, like a different culture than me. Like I was, I when I was a kid, I used to be pen pals with a girl in the Amazon. Yeah. Um, which was wild. I got it out of the back of a library book. Yeah. Like if you want to be pen pals with this kid, it was like a book on children of different cultures. Mm-hmm. And I just thought like her culture seemed really really interesting and um like alien to a white girl in America. Sure. And so we just wrote back and forth and she was like working on her English and that's why the pen pals thing happened. Yeah. And anyway, I was always just very fascinated. Um I always was <laughs> I always gravitated towards you know, whenever new kids came to like our tiny rural school and like we had our first our, it was pretty we had a pretty diverse population of African American and white. Really? Mm-hmm. And also I mean he's Latino. Mm-hmm. But there were very few Southeast Asian Asian students. Sure. Um and we had a a student I was always just fascinated whenever like those students would come in and I want to talk to them because I was just interested in in different like the way that people lived in their own houses and their own spaces. Yeah. Like I've always been interested in that. That's why I write fiction so that I can like build a house and go through your shit in it. <laughs> <laughs> like So I was I've always been kind of like drawn to that. And Good Burger seemed that way because it was like California. California oh, yeah. was the other culture. <laughs> and so it was really like fascinated by that yeah and fascinated by all this like the sunshine and like riding your bike to work mm-hmm. and see it's so interesting because like for me like i do recognize that is an aspect of the movie that is there but like for me the way i experienced it was like not in terms of the differences but in terms of the similarities like that's how this that's movie so was form- formative for me where it was like yeah there were things that were different uh i mean you know our two main characters are black for one. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I kept thinking, like, like, you know, I have these feelings, too. Like, I don't like the principal of my school. He's a jerk. Oh, like, I, I wasn't like... even, at that moment, sound, this is going to sound like such a white person thing to say, but I wasn't even thinking about, um, like, the Kenan and Kel's race at that moment. Oh, yeah. Like, I... I noticed it and it was a thing but i was so much more like drawn to the aspect of california culture like that yeah. just totally distracted me from the whole race well, the from everything because was... yeah i mean i think that's kind of the point because like this movie and keenan and kel do such a good job of just uh evoking and um portraying like real life situations that teenagers of any race can identify with because we all have these shared experiences. Yeah. So like the fact that they're black is kind of incidental to the message and core of this movie, which is kind of like, you know, don't be greedy. And, uh, you know, sometimes like smaller local things can be good. I don't know. We'll have to yeah, watch this movie Yeah, and also, again. like, give teenagers a break sometimes, but also, teenagers, you take some goddamn personal responsibility. Yeah, and actually, I'm pretty sure that the message of this movie, because Keenan is really the main character in this movie. He is. And I think that, if I remember right, he, like, wants something, like, a, or he has to fix his, uh, he's ready for the summer. He's so excited. Mm-hmm. But then he, like, wrecks Sinbad's car, 
on accident. And so he has to, like, save up money to, to pay him back to fix it. Yeah. And so, like, he doesn't want to work is the thing. And so, like, the message of the movie is that, like, hard work can be rewarding in more yeah. ways than just money and yeah. that kind of stuff. And I think that was a cool message to send teenagers who are at about the age where, like, you might start getting a part-time job or something like that. Yeah, or fast food. But, it, I, I mean, it was definitely something that I experienced when I was that age. But I saw this movie before then. Um, regardless, though, I think we could all identify with the fact, that, like, oh, we don't like to do our chores. We don't want to have to go to work one day. Like, we'd rather just be free all the time. And this movie kind of just, like, upends that and says, like, like, yeah, this guy feels that, too. But, you know, there are more important things and there are reasons that you need to do that and blah, blah, blah. Like, people have responsibilities. Yeah, people have responsibilities. And, you know, going back to the issue of race in this movie, um, Sinbad, if I remember correctly, is kind of is like a stuck in the 70s. Yeah, he has a big like, afro. Yeah, big afro, like um, black power kind of guy. And so I'd yeah. like to examine that that character in particular. Yeah, I know he's in it in a, a great big a great deal. Um, I yeah. don't know. He's not like a main part of the movie, but he's kind of just like this background. He's a subplot. antagonist. Yeah, but he shows up enough that it's it's uh, you know it's interesting to point him out. What do you think about Kel? Just just Kel, not Keenan and Kel, but Kel in this movie. I think he's hilarious. Yeah, hysterical. He sells it the entire time, <laughs> and he, he's created this character that's unique and f- just, like, fucking great. And I know that Goodberger originally, before the movie, was, like, a sketch piece. Yeah, in the Keenan and Kel show that was mm-hmm. had that Coolio theme song. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Um, and so they just kind of... The, I think this, the idea deserved a longer format. And, yeah. and I don't always... Like, I don't always think that whenever sketch shows make movies. But yeah. Kel was just hysterical in this. Like He is. He's a goofy guy. I always like Keenan better because I'm more a fan of the straight man. And, I like, the goofy person annoys me. But well, yeah, of course. Just as he annoys Keenan. I always projected myself onto Keenan in this movie. Really? Because um, you are really Kel. I know. I don't want to be. I don't want I, to. I recognize how I, annoying I can be. <laughs> and I hate it. I'm Keenan. I'm just a fucking sourpuss all the time. I'm like, <laughs> no, stop that. You are not a sourpuss. Put sometimes, that down. Sometimes the roles are reversed. Sometimes. It's true. It, it just depends on. It's about 50 Who's feeling that. Yeah. In our marriage, we have days where we swap. Being Keenan, Keenan or, or Kel. Kel. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the key to a healthy relationship, yeah. y'all. <laughs> we turn that off when we're having sex. But uh, other than that, you know, oh, do everybody we? pretend. Oops. Ooh, <laughs> no, <strange>. just, <laughs> well, no one's going to listen to this oh, anymore. Oh, man. Yeah. Like, but anyway, I'm, yeah, I'm excited to watch this movie. I don't think that, uh, I don't think there are going to be as many racial issues as we think. I, think I didn't right say about, I thought there was going to be any. As much as many racial issues as people might think uh, yeah. from a movie from the past, because I don't remember this movie really addressing race at all. No, because he the that's what I was talking about with Sinbad's character. Yeah, yeah. T- he talks about race. Okay, he does. He's he's talking about like the man holding the black man down. Oh yeah, you know that is true. And Keenan and Kel are just kind of like both pretty privileged in a, a lot of ways. So like mm-hmm. Keenan especially doesn't even understand what he's talking about. And we don't well, and we don't get Kel's background at all. Yeah, I think he has, like, if I remember right, there's some kind of, like, 
bit of sadness in his life or something yeah. like that. Or he's like taking care of his sick grandma and that's all, all that he has or something like that. And Keenan like finds out and feels bad for him or whatever. Yeah, which is kind of neat. Yeah. It's just a nice conflict and a nice motivation. And yeah. I, I just I really like the, the plot of this movie being so simple. So absurd, <laughs> but so simple. And so... Like not non-distracted. Yeah. It's just very clean and simple. It's a lot like um, Harriet the Spy. Oh yeah, I love Harriet the Spy. Also, in that that's also a Nickelodeon movie, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. So I mean, let's just throw it all on the table, Rachel. The white guy is the villain in this movie. Is this movie reverse racist? Ambush. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> There's no such thing as reverse racism, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Racism is just racism. Yeah, racism is just racism. There's no such thing as reverse racism. Can people be racist against white people? I don't think I have enough time to talk about this today. <laughs> <laughs> well, too bad. Ambush. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, like, you know, obviously this movie is not reverse racist. If anybody's thinking that, I think that you may need to go and consider what racism actually is. Because, you know, the villain is a white guy, but there are plenty of other white people in this movie. And, like, they're all portrayed as different people that, you know, all have different goals and different moralities. Which is a lot more than people of color can ask for in white-dominated movies. I just remember, the only reason I bring it up is because, like, one time when I mentioned this movie to somebody, like, way back in high school, they were like, oh, the white dude's a villain, so this movie's racist because it's like, black people want to beat up the white guy type of thing. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. Was that in your high school? Like, in your school? Some crazy Christian? Yeah, I don't know. Some idiot. Y'all did not have enough exposure to black people, I think. Yeah, but, I mean, at the same time, like, I don't think you need much to put two and two together about, like, what racism is and isn't. So. Yeah, it's, uh, people are, people are dumb sometimes. Or take things way too far. Uh, yeah. I don't have time to deal with that either. <laughs> like, what, what do you, what do you gotta, you gotta be somewhere? You have something you need to do, Rachel? You have no. a train that you've gotta catch? You <laughs> get, my, my, t- my train ticket expires by the end of the day, and you know they don't give you a refund on the Super Saver. <laughs> Jordan is referring to that South Park episode where Kyle's super Jewish little <laughs> cousin? Yeah, yeah cousin I can't remember. Comes. Oh, his name's Kyle. It's his also Kyle. Yeah. yeah, his name's also Kyle. And we joke about how much I'm like that little dude sometimes. I'm yeah. like, well, honestly, you're just kind of a douchebag. <laughs> you guys are douchebags. You guys are just kind of douchebags. Oh, man. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> and, like, you can't be mad because, like, everything that I worry about is for everyone's benefit. It's true. I mean, uh, your intentions are good. You want to protect everyone. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, my goodness, did you wash your hands? There's the <laughs> flu going around. <laughs> oh, anyway. Yeah, well, a, so what I am saying is that a lot of the issues that we brought up today are extremely complicated. Mm-hmm. So like the plot of this movie, I'd like to stay fairly focused on maybe just one or two. Sure. Um, because talking about reverse racism is going... We can talk about that. We can talk about reverse racism. No, I don't want to talk about it. I wanted to get it over with really quickly because just in case there's anyone out there who's like that one uh, jackass. Okay. That's a, I think it's a really Ambush. rare... I think that would be a really rare reaction to this movie uh, overall. I don't think that it's there. But if we notice something, then I guess we'll mention it. But I don't, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. 
Yeah. I do want to focus on race and I want to focus on class. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, and, and George Clinton is in this movie too, and he's awesome. Oh, yeah, I completely forgot. He's great. That dude is kind of strange. He is. <laughs> Wait, did I tell my story about George Clinton on this podcast yet? I don't think so. Oh, this is a good story. So, well, sort of a good story. So I had a friend who used to, he used to manage the, he used to manage a goth bar in Austin. I will just say that. I won't mention the name of it. Okay. Everyone will probably know what it is. Um, and George Clinton was going to play there and he's like, he has a couple of handlers. George sure. Clinton does a couple of dudes. Um, and so my friend is like getting set up for the night. He had to, it was like, he was coming on a Saturday night. So he was there pretty early, like getting everything set up and getting the venue where it needed to be. It was small. It's a small goth bar. And one of his handlers comes in, George Clinton's handlers comes in and says to my friend, he's like, Mr. Clinton would like you to find him a rock of crack. <laughs> oh, okay. And my friend is like, What? No, they ask him where they can find a rock of crack. Oh, okay. And he says, Well, you could go. This was a longer time ago in Austin. It's like, You can go over to the east and go to 13th and Chacon, <laughs> buy some, some crack rocks, I guess. And this guy was like a kind of a nice, gothy kind of guy. But he was prone to stretch truths. So yeah. take all of this with a grain of salt. And his handler's like, I don't know where that is. Here, I'll give you 50 bucks. You go get and like you go get him a, a, a rock of crack. <laughs> a crack rock. And so my friend goes over to 13th and Chacon. And he's like this nerdy, gothy, white guy. He rolls down his window. And this dealer comes up to the car. And he's like... What are you looking for, son? <laughs> to this guy. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm looking to purchase a crack rock. He's never purchased a crack yeah. rock in his life. And he's like, I'm looking to purchase one, one crack rock, one, He does, he does. He's like, one rock of crack. And the guy looks at him and laughs. And he's like, all right, that'll be $30. Oh, God. <laughs> and so he bought this $30 he, like crack rock for fucking and it was not much it's like the size of a gumball it's like tiny little crack rock yeah and he takes it to the handler and the handler says looks at it and he's like is there any more where's your where's the change (laughs) no he was gonna give him that to tip him to go over there to chicago yeah i'm just kidding and so um that was how my friend george i don't care if you're a superstar don't smoke crack. It's bad for you. Also, I want to know the veracity of this story. So, George Clinton, <laughs> if you're listening, don't sue us for libel or slander. Like we just want to, we just want to know. Yeah, no, they. He, I'm not saying it's true. I'm saying my friend was prone to exaggerate. There you go. But did you ever smoke crack in Austin, Texas? <laughs> <laughs> Who me? Well, no, George Clinton. Oh well, I did a couple I, times. I, know. I was I was thinking the whole story. I'm like, why did they go all the way to 13th and Chacon? <laughs> There's no need to go all the way over there. Just get it in the underpass. Yeah, it's just right there. Oh man. But anyway, uh, Good Burger. Good Burger and Crack Rocks. Good Burger and Crack Rocks. Yeah, actually, that kind of there's a tie in there because they do like pump some kind of weird chemical into Mondo Burgers. Yeah, it's like is it and is this about addiction? What's this about? <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. All right. Be right back. <laughs> 
So, Good Burger. Yeah, dude. <laughs> He's a dude. She's a dude. dude. We're, We're all dudes. Yeah, I'm a dude. dude. <laughs> Give me the blurb for the back of this uh, DVD case. Yeah. Um. Uh, young black teenager seeks friendship in a white-dominated fast food establishment with another young black man who defies his teacher even though he is only looking out for him as a young black man. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Sinbad, uh, it's kind of weird because we, like, for kids, he's like an antagonist, but he's really kind of a good guy that bad things happen to in this yeah, movie. Yeah, he really is. I like, felt bad for him. I do too. Like he he believes very much in um Dexter Keenan's Keenan's character's potential. Um and he talks he he's trying to teach him a lesson, you know. Oh yeah. To one like take care of your like take care of your fellows in your community and don't fuck their shit up. Yeah. And two, like the value of money and respecting other people. Yeah. Because, because he, he, and that's what he says. He's like, I don't want to call and put a black man in jail. I don't want to put a black man in jail. <laughs> yeah, and it's played for laughs, but it's also like, um, kind of like integral to his character. Because it mm-hmm. shows Keenan at the very beginning, like he's in final exams or whatever, and he finished early because he's like really smart. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but he, and he's like slept through the rest of it, which is like rude. So he's yeah. like portrayed as being both smart, but also like selfish. Yeah. And Sinbad recognizes that and is kind of like, He's got, like, the, all the 70s garb, and it says, like, you know, black is beautiful on his shirt and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. And he's, like, very much trying to just, like, propel Keenan forward to, like, meet, meet his potential. Yeah. Um, absolutely. But then they kind of turn Sinbad into this, like, haphazard, you know, like, bad things happen to him over and over. Yeah. And I think that that's played for the kids because, like, kids don't like to be lectured about e- anything, even if it is good for them. Yeah. Like, they just don't like it. And they they played that in this movie to be like, yeah, but Giant Hamburger falls in his car because he's making us do stuff we don't want to do. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, kids, you know, laugh. Laugh at this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, race overall, I just want to kind of get it out of the way because I don't feel like it was a very big part of the movie, honestly. Um, I feel like there were undertones of it. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right. I don't think it was, like, a major theme or anything. No, not at all. I mean, other than Sinbad's character who, like, kind of dances around that. And then the part of the joke at the end when um, when Keenan's like, oh, I got to go. And Kel's like, is it because I'm black? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's pretty much the only mention in the whole movie. Yeah. But you did, uh, you did say something about midway through about how you felt like Kel might be reaching out. Um, to Keenan in particular, because he's the only other black man that he knows. Yeah, it seems that way. To me, like, and I may be projecting, but I, <laughs> it, I the way that I imagine Ed, Ed the Kel's character, is that he's kind of, he's a real oddball. And it's, like, why is he at the front counter? Why hasn't Mr. <laughs> Bailey moved him? And, like, he, he might have a, a really... Like, he seemed like he was in a pretty predominantly white neighborhood, too, that he was the house he was skating out of. He skated yeah. past 
You know what? There was he a, did there have a was... nice house. I, I thought he was yeah. going to have like a sad story. I thought I remembered that. But yeah. it was actually Keenan who has the yeah, sad Kenan story. Yeah, Keenan has the sad story. Yeah. Like, and that's kind of cool because they're, and I really like that they didn't go that way with it. Like, um, youth in the ghetto stories. Yeah, yeah. Because it gives, it, it's like, clearly they're both in this upper middle class neighborhood. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, and, one, that whole, like, kid from the ghetto thing is not just a stereotype which mm-hmm. is kind of harmful, but it's yeah. also just a boring cliche At this that point, we've seen yeah. too many times. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But it's just, like, people of color have all different backgrounds and all different experiences, and to portray them one way is a disservice to a rich and, and varied and beautiful culture. Yeah. I, mean, I do think it's kind of interesting that there are there are quite a few uh, black people in this movie. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, the two leads are both black. Yeah. Sinbad's black. Monique. We've got Monique, uh, and these are all speaking characters that have names that yeah. we remember mm-hmm. um, that are in this movie for teenagers. And beyond that, I mean, there's also this is one of the things I love about movies from the '90s and um, and earlier is that like black people were actually around like just as extras like yeah like there was a world that actually had black people in it where it's not just like there's one black guy that we hired to play the lead and everybody else that's in the background is white right no people of color are everywhere doing all yeah. kinds of things um and it feels more realistic good burger feels more realistic than some movies that i see nowadays yeah it really does in terms of the population that lives in the world yeah for sure and I really like, I thought Char Jackson, who played Monique, was really good, too. And I thought she did a really good job um, avoiding that, sass, like, quote-unquote, sassy African-American stereotype that a lot yeah. of movies sort of cheapen. I feel like it was towing the line a little bit. There's, like, some parts where she's kind of, like, doing the mm-hmm type of thing for as, like, a foil to Keenan's like, romantic gestures, Oh, yeah. Well, he deserved that. She was also just really quick. Yeah. That's another thing. She just was, like, super quick-witted. And, and to his response, she's like, <laughs> he's like, what are you, where are you going tonight? What are you doing tonight? She's like, well, I thought I'd go home. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> home? Why? She's like, because that's where all my stuff is. Yeah. I'm like, fuck you, man. I mean, I do think it's interesting that, like, you know, Keenan is portrayed as being clever, and she's also being... Pre- portrayed as being clever Mm -hmm. and so like they kind of like do fit together in that way and seem like they might attract each other sure which is natural and interesting i think yeah instead of just like oh you know she's beautiful so he likes her the end a lot of movies are too lazy and that's just the reason that someone falls in love they just like see somebody and we don't even know who they are and they're just like oh goo yeah yeah it's not like that in this movie it is a little bit more like playing to a normal teenage summer experience, I yeah. would say. And I do just think, uh, I mean, it, it's, yeah, it, this isn't, you know, taking on um, the the roles that men and women play in attraction to each other at all in any kind of no. serious way. But, you know, it was nice to see just something slightly different or on the right path, I guess. Sure. But sure. you mentioned there were... There are some uh, gender and sexuality issues in this. Uh, yeah. Some mild ones. Some mild ones. There are. Um, one of them is that Carmen Electra gets the fuck beat out of her. <laughs> you know, I was thinking the whole time that that was happening, like, wow, it's. I never thought that Carmen Electra 
would be like the vaudevillian of our time. <laughs> I don't. I still don't think she is. I think Adam Devine is. Oh, really? <laughs> is the vaudevillian of our time? Yeah, but it is funny that uh, they had her doing all these physical comedian things because it's like, yeah, she's not very good at it. No, she's not, and she's like. A little past her prime at this movie, so she's looking a little rough, <laughs> you know. Sure. Oh, um. man. But yeah, I think there were some parts where, so I didn't have a problem with that. Like, it, you know, it was played for comedy, and it's meant as like to be silly and cartoonish, and not like sure. you know, it's okay to hit women or anything. Like nobody like like hits her that I recall. I think it's no. just like all these accidents happen, and like yeah, yeah, and she just gets beat up as a result. I guess, like, he does, like, judo flip her. Kel, like, judo flips he her onto the ground. He does judo flip her onto when, the ground. When she tries to kiss him because he doesn't understand what's going on. Yeah. So there is that. Yeah. Maybe maybe a little problematic there. I guess. I mean, he's kind of, I mean, it's, again, it's played for, like, a, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Yeah, but you can say that about literally any joke. I suppose. I guess um, what I was thinking of more was, or go ahead. I mean, he does judo flip a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Just in a vacuum, that is a problem. Yeah. I mean, in the context of, like, escalating, you know, hand, like, I don't know, escalating uh, cartoonish violence, uh-huh. I think it makes sense. But it's like, up until that point, he hadn't done anything physical to her on purpose. I don't know. It's weird. Something to think about. Yeah, it's something to chew on, I guess. But he did do something on... He judo-flipped a woman. He did, but it was like... It was an accident, because he's, he's like slow and a simpleton. I don't know. How like, many is Kel little... responsible for his actions? Maybe that's the question we should be asking Ed, you here. Mean? Or Ed, yeah. Kel Mitchell is most assuredly responsible for his <laughs> actions. Yeah, but is, the, is his character Ed, who is clearly... Like, he has to be, uh, like, mentally disabled in some way. There's This isn't, like, low IQ situation. I don't know. I think it, half of it might be an act. Because he figured that out at Mondo Burger, like, a situation out at Mondo Burger, and, like, navigated a bunch of le- legal loopholes. Yeah, at the end when he, like, goes into a long speech about why he thought that it would be better to pour the, the chemical into the beef instead Tramitol. of calling the cops. Yeah, I mean, again, I think that's, like, played for laughs. It's supposed to be, like, a Rain Man type of thing where it's, like, uh, oh, maybe. you know, he's all of a sudden, oh, look, it's funny because he really did think this through and all the intricate details and everything. But I think, I mean, he even says, like, I'm not stupid, but I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it, Ed. I think you're not stupid. buying it, Ed? Yeah. I mean, I don't think. I, I'm just saying I've met people like that who acts so dumb all the time and do dumb shit all the time just to like get a reaction out of people and then suddenly <laughs> like you realize that they're normal people and you're like what but is that what ed's doing i don't know oh man like i knew a kid named dj who would do that shit all the time like dj we what all, kind of what kind of stuff he was in the gifted class with me too like but that kind of like whenever he was in the milkshake machine yeah like, DJ would do that kind of shit. DJ would climb into a milk machine, a milkshake machine? He would do anything for a reaction. 
Oh my god. I guess I just am not used to meeting people that do these crazy ass things. I'm telling you, private school puts you in a little bubble. Maybe, but I mean, I still feel like, you know, if Keenan and Kel were realistic, you know, Ed would have been fired immediately. Like when he opened up the milkshake machine and set up a ladder to get up in there, <laughs> Mr. Bailey would be like, you know what? No, you're fired. Maybe not. He might be, maybe it's his, maybe it's Mr. Bailey's sister's kid. We don't know. Maybe. Mr. Bailey seems to have a lot of, like, ragtag uh, yeah, misfits in his eating establishment. I think he's got a soft spot for him. Yeah. Um, but he did have to fire that one guy for not showing up wearing any pants. I mean, there is a line. And I suppose that's Mr. Bailey's line. Like, you have to wear pants. Pants required. You can put my customers in danger by putting your whole body into a milkshake machine. Not in danger. I mean, you could get bacteria in there. You could get bacteria in there, that's true, but really nothing the, would happen. Think about the food waste. Even if they didn't serve that milkshake to somebody. Oh which, like, Mr. Bailey is definitely the kind of person who would sell a milkshake that Kel had been in. You think so? I think so. I think he's a dope, too. Really? Yeah. Okay. And he's got this old man, Abe Vigoda, who's working for him, doing the fries like he has an oxygen machine. Oh, yeah, like next to the... Coughing all over the place and everything. Like, this guy doesn't care about food safety. But it's L.A. They have to care about food safety. Or look, it shut down in California. I know. That's why I think Mr. Bailey might be, you know, slipping somebody a few bills on the side. Maybe, maybe so. He lives Keep with his mom. Keep the health inspector away. Oh, that's... It's quite an inference there, Jordan. <laughs> so it's really rich when they try to fucking take down Mondo Burger by saying, oh, look, they pump dangerous chemicals into their burgers. Oh, boo-hoo, at least we don't have a man swimming around in our milkshake machine. <laughs> His ass is in direct contact with that milkshake. <laughs> you just ate butthole milkshake. That's what you had. Ew. Yeah, exactly. Now it doesn't sound so appetizing, does it? It's all fun and games when it's Kel Mitchell who's dancing around singing a silly song. But then when you taste the milkshake, it's gone bad. Wow. It's turned. Wow. That's uh, certainly something. (laughs) (laughs) My God. My God. Um, So, I mean, let's talk about some of the basics of this movie. Oh, well, no, real quick. We're still talking about some problems. uh, Yeah, we we didn't address gender, really. Yeah. Um, one thing that they do is they go in, in drag to Mondo Burger to... Spy on them or yeah, something? Yeah, spy on them or something. And then they, they're they like, ladies, and they rip their clothes off. And Kel's wearing, like, shorts and t-shirt, normal stuff. Or Keenan is. And Kel is wearing a full bustier. <laughs> um, and that's... I, I'm, I have to think... I'm. I, I'm thinking about it kind of like burlesque and kind of like drag. Yeah. Um, but I think what was problematic was whenever, you know, whenever drag is happening, it's about subverting gender. This is about laughing at Kel being dressed as a woman. Yeah. I mean, it's a cheap joke and it's, I don't think it's like a grievous problem or no, anything. No, I don't either. But it's definitely just like, oh, come on. Okay. 
Yeah, Whatever. exactly. The joke is that you're dressed up like a woman and, and men aren't supposed to dress up like women. So that's funny. And like, why did you put the bustier on underneath your, if you didn't like it or something? Yeah, I mean, I guess the joke is that he's stupid and they, like he didn't really understand that like you don't have to go in disguise where people aren't going to see what like underneath or something. Yeah. That's kind of the, the true joke there. But I think in in context with some of the other jokes they tell, like it's clearly also like a masculinity thing where it's sure. like, ha ha, you're not masculine. It's funny. Yeah. Because there's another joke. What is it? Uh, so Kel says something like, oh, like, watch out. That guy is just using you. And... Or that guy just wants to use you. And Kel says, like, oh, that's not natural. Yeah. Which is, like, you know, it's silly or whatever, but it's also, like, homophobic. Like, yeah, where, it's a little homophobic. Yeah. to just, I mean, it's an inference that I don't think children would make. No, um, I don't either. But it's a joke for the parents, and I think that's kind of worse. Because, like, here's yeah. a joke for the, people of, <laughs> for the people who actually think about things. Yeah. Yeah. Like, haha, being gay is unnatural. No, fuck you, Good Burger. Being gay is fine. Not yeah. only fine, normal as shit. Yeah, it's just a little strange. I don't know. It, it felt, it was, I mean, like I said, they were very small things. But it was like, you know, watching this movie where I could basically turn my brain off, which was really nice. Actually. I know. The movie was, you know, well made enough that I could just turn my brain off and follow it without right. having to think too hard. And that's always wonderful. <laughs> but then, you know, one of these jokes comes around and I'm just like, oh, yeah. Like, why did you do that to me? I was really enjoying this. Yeah, I know. It kind of like knocked me around a little bit, being like, fuck. It judo flipped you onto, judo the, flipped pa- me. onto the sidewalk. <laughs> like Carmen Electra? <laughs> you know, I do think it was interesting, going back to Carmen Electra, she wasn't really all that sexualized in this. I mean, she was a, definitely a sexual object, but in terms of, like, the camera lingering on her body or, like, her being put in, like, revealing clothing or anything like that, yeah. it did avoid that. Yeah. Which I didn't even remember. Yeah. Which I guess that's probably because it's supposed to be for kids. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I guess it's for horny teenagers who are like, oh, it's Carmen Electra. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure it is. It's a little something for everyone. A little bit of a mixed thing there. Yeah. Where it's like we're gonna sexual we're gonna bring this sex object in, but we're not gonna sexualize her, and that's how we're gonna get away with it. Yeah. But at the same time, she's still sexualized, like in a metal way, where it's like, here's a beautiful woman, you're supposed to go gaga for her or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it's that deep. No, you don't no. think you don't think that Brian Robbins, the director of this movie, <laughs> thought about that at all. No, I don't think he thought about it for one second. I don't know that he thought about much while he was making this movie. No, I'm pretty sure he had maybe a pill problem while he was making this movie. And a ska problem, too, for sure. But I love the soundtrack to this movie. The soundtrack is fun. It's really fun. It's um, unusual songs, too. Yeah, they are different. Like, most of them are danceable songs, I guess. Yeah, kind of ska-y, kind of danceable. Kinda... There's, like, some funk. Yeah, there's some funk. George Clinton is awesome in this. <laughs> Yeah, George Clinton has a cameo as a uh, an in or a patient at a at Demented Hills Asylum. I used to think that part was so funny. The dancing part. Uh, j- yeah, just like the 
<laughs> Especially when Ed is trying to put the wrong shaped blocks into the holes. <laughs> it's so funny. He's clearly stupid. There's a, <laughs> there's no doubt about it. This guy does not have the brain power to be working at Good Burger or Mondo Burger or the Blockbuster Pavilion that you see in the background several times in this. Oh in yeah, this the movie. Blockbuster Pavilion. Yeah. Um, Ed has some special needs. For me. The special <laughs> needs for you. Yeah. I mean, Kel's a handsome guy, I guess. Sure, I I had kind of a crush on Kel when I was younger. He seems like a gentle man. Yeah, kind of kind of nerdy, kind of funny. Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah, I like that. Who doesn't? Hmm, it's great. You mentioned that uh, we've got some pictures of Keenan and Kel right here in front of us that are more modern day. Yeah. And they don't look like they've aged at all they since don't. this movie. They look amazing. Keenan is actually slimmer than he was in this movie. Not by much. Not by much, but he is slimmer. Oh, he looks just... I mean, they look... They've barely aged. Yeah, at all. They probably have some sort of secret stem cells, stem cells stash. <laughs> Say that three times fast. Stem, cell, stem cells stash. That's difficult. They just, like, glob it on in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Well, time to go to work. Yep. Never going to age. <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah, I mean, there just wasn't... It was a pretty surface-level movie, I would say. But I did think that they're, they reached out a little bit with lessons and stuff and background. But for the most part, it was it was just a, a remake of the sketch with Good Burger. And it was sort of... Yeah. I mean, it was sort of vignette anyway. It is a, it's a very simple movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there are like a lot of scenes that kind of feel like they don't need to be there. No. Um, they're kind of just there to, you know, okay, we're going to make you laugh at this silly character. Yeah. Here's, um, what's her name? Laura, Lori Beth from mm, oh, all yeah. that. And we're going to have her do something funny for a second. And, uh, then they're going to move on. Yep. Doesn't have anything to do with the plot. The plot is so simple that. You know, it's really not any... There's There are no twists and turns. Everything is very predictable in this movie. Yeah. Sure. And it's comforting. That's a comforting thing. Yeah. The humor is okay. It's juvenile. There were moments that I remember just dying laughing as a kid. and Oh, yeah? Like what? I just liked random stuff. Uh, like whenever he... She's like, what do you want to do, Ed? And he's like... He pulls out a razor out of his pocket, and he's like, I always wanted to shave an alien. Got an alien. And I just like, thought that was so funny as a kid. If somebody did that to you in real life, what would you do? If, we, if I had taken you on our first date, and then said, or you had taken me on our first date, which is more accurate anyway. Um, yeah. And then I told you that I wanted to shave an alien, and I had a razor in my pocket, and I pull it out, at the mini golf course. Questions about this. Would it be like you doing that? Like you, Jordan, me doing Jordan. that? Me, Jordan, doing and it. Not- oh, me, Jordan, <laughs> you, Rachel. Yes, yes. You, Jordan, <laughs> me, Rachel. Yes, yes. Um, no, but would it... Or would you be acting like Ed? Or would you be acting like yourself? Like, demonstrate to me this. I guess, so we're... I would say it would be me doing this. Okay, we're role-playing now. We're role-playing it and, uh, you know, we're out on the side. So, Jordan, what do you want to do? Well, I've always wanted to shave a Martian. Pull out my razor. Do you have a Martian? I'd be like, (laughs) And then I'd probably be like, 
Okay. <laughs> Tough crowd. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, are you kidding me? I think. Like, is that a person that you would go on a second date with? Well. Even if it was done in the way that I did it? I'd be thinking about if I was, if they were doing that to be funny to impress me. Because. Yeah. What if it was, what if it was meant as a joke and it was clear that it was meant as a joke? I'd be like, why do you have laughs? And I'd be like, why do you have that razor in your pocket? Did you plan this whole thing? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't disturb you that, like, that joke isn't that good and that somebody, like, really committed to bringing a razor to a first date to you tell know, it? You know, baby, I'm married to you. <laughs> so there is a... And you take the shotgun approach with jokes and oftentimes, like... Extend them beyond their lifespan. Oh, I do that on purpose because it's funny for me. Okay, but I'm just saying I'm a pretty tolerant bitch is the... That's true. So I guess, uh, you know, in a way that did happen already and you decided to stay with me, which is wonderful for me. <laughs> Jordan puts another sticker chart on his... Another sticker on his sticker chart. He's like, commitment. I That's like it. So many goddamn stickers. Except whenever I have to rip off like eight of them when you're bad. <laughs> Sinbad would have been proud of me. Yeah. Yeah, I would have made him proud. Yeah, because you would have worked in his class. Uh, say that to your, se- your senior level high school teachers because a lot of them were just like, he just crapped out. I don't know that I actually did say that to any of them, but I did uh, re- realize later on after the fact that I like had really wasted the resources of some of my teachers in that yeah. like they were really doing a great job and uh yeah, i just didn't care or recognize it yeah just like good burger yeah just like just like keenan just like keenan he would look back and be like man that guy was just trying to help me he was just trying to mentor me and i mean keenan's character dexter didn't have a good burger movie in the world of Good Burger, the movie, to watch and learn these lessons. I did. So I don't have an excuse. Mm-hmm. I should have known better. Keenan and Kel tried to teach me this uh-huh. in the year 1997, but I just was too arrogant and stupid to listen to them. You were like 11 at that point, huh? Yeah, about yeah, 11 years old. I remember this being a pretty big deal. Did, did you... Uh, or we talked about it a little bit already, I guess. I think I was... I guess I'd be about nine when it came out, so I probably wasn't allowed to watch it yet. I mean, Kel is definitely for the kids. For real. I'm great news, boy! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can we talk about how many things Kel Mitchell sticks into his body and then... (laughs) And then eats. (laughs) Um, Yes. That's a significant part of this movie. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's, that's true. I'm remembering those two grapes that were in his nose. And he sticks, sticks a french, french fry in his, his ear. ear. I think that's it. There had to have been more. Um, Spatch smashes a fly on his face and eats it. Yeah, there is some, uh, what do we want to call it, body horror? There's some no, body, there's some body horror. Gross and out humor. Gross out humor, yeah. Uh, there's some gross out humor in Good Burger, I guess. That's for, I mean, and I think it is probably marketed more towards little boys. Yeah. I don't think there was much for little girls in this. Yeah, there really wasn't. I mean, there are a lot of... Well, not not a lot. No, there aren't a lot of women. There are like three female characters that have names that speak, Uh I think. There's Carmen Electra, Monique, and then Heather? The 
the psychopath from Oh wait, yeah. Yeah. She's Heather. the she's Linda Cardellini from Freaks and Geeks. Oh, that is her. Yeah. Man, I love Freaks and she's Geeks. She's in she's in Grandma's Boy. <laughs> I hate that movie. Yeah. Oh but man. But I love Freaks and Geeks. I Yeah. I think probably this movie I mean, it wasn't very good as far as a movie goes. Overall, I mean, it didn't have severe problems, I don't think. It just wasn't really memorable or anything other than the fact that it's Keenan and Kel at kind of like their peak. Yeah, I think the structure could have been better. (laughs) I think the acting could have definitely been better. I mean, it looks like Brian Robbins, the director, basically got like a dead fish to do his cinematography. It's just all very flat. Here you go. Here it is. And I think there could have been more character development if we wanted to make this something that it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, they do try to they try to develop Keenan's character a little bit, like midway through, by having him like reveal to Kel that you know his dad left when he was very young. Yeah, and it's actually like kind of touching, and and it's played seriously as if it's meant to mean something, but it really is just one more opportunity to like showcase their friendship I guess and also that Kel will listen to him yeah Kel cares was, about him yeah listens to him but also Kel like says I wish he's like I don't remember what my dad looks like either but at least I get to see him every day <laughs> yeah it's a, <laughs> like immediately a joke yeah undermines totally undermines yeah so I mean is there even really a character arc in this movie I guess Keenan learns some responsibility in a way or like being yeah. a part of a group Instead yeah. of being or like doing things for a group, instead of doing things just for himself, yeah, is pretty much the message. But it's so simple and so straightforward. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a kids' movie, and I mean, as far as major problems, this movie doesn't have major problems. Yeah, I can't think of any really. Me neither. Sorry, guys. Mm. Okay. Thirty minutes like, is all you're getting from us today. Yeah, overall, I mean. Uh, what do you think? Delight or disaster? It's really neither. Yeah. It's, I it's choose, divided. <laughs> I choose not applicable. Applicable. I choose debtor's prison. That's the D word I'm going to give this one. Debtor's prison? That was just the first thing I could think of. No, I mean, this is... <laughs> I guess it's a yeah. disaster. I don't... I... I... Uh, I regret that I bought this movie instead of rented it. Oh, did we buy this? I did, yeah. I thought I thought we were gonna like it more than we did. I thought it was gonna be like a thing where maybe in the future we'd want to watch it again. So it was. So now I'm kind of like, oh, wish I could take that back. Hey, give me my money back, <laughs> Xbox. Uh, Refund, that's Xbox. A, that's a mistake. I can't. Um, I can't fix. Oh well, we have it for in case. We need it. I also got it. I also got it in HD for some reason. What is wrong with you? <laughs> hey, it was ex- it, this movie was extraordinarily clear. Yeah, that was nice. But who cares? Yeah, I didn't want any grainy lines on uh, on my Keenan and Kel. I guess not. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This movie is kind of a kind of a dump. That's what it is. A dump. It's just a dump. That's some people fine. like to take a dump. Other people don't. Depends on the dump, I guess. (laughs) All right, that's the moralizing we're going to do today. Oh, God. Yeah, Keenan and Kel, this movie's going to be forgotten. No one's going to unearth this movie in like a thousand years and be like, look at what they were watching. 
Or maybe they will. Look at what entertainment they have. And Keenan and Kel will become new gods of the future. No, this will be lost. I'm trying to think about, like, what maybe is the the most copies of out there. I think, like, Harry Potter is probably going to be something that gets unearthed. Sure. Um, Star Wars. (sighs) Marvel. All that shit. That's what they're going to look back at us and, and be like, that's what they were about. They're going to be like, wow, can you believe they were hurting each other with weapons? <laughs> <laughs> or they'll be like, remember, look at them, they had to drink water. It's probably more likely that no one will find them in a thousand years because we will have murdered silly each human, other. Silly humans with their physical bodies. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, sorry for the short episode, I just... There wasn't a lot to say about Good Burger. There wasn't any... uh, No thoughts were provoked. No. Also, I want to play Dead Space now. So... (laughs) Yeah. So, bye, everybody. See you later. Thanks for listening.